I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, beautiful mamas. Over the years of coaching hundreds and hundreds of mamas, I have often heard the story of anxiety Anxiety that comes up before the baby arrives, after the baby arrives, going back to work, before number two, before number three, in so many different situations. There is a fear and an underlying sense of anxiousness that a lot of us are feeling all of the time. So many of us just have this normal state, we feel like it's normal, this normal state of anxiousness. What else do I have to do? What else do I have to do? What else do I have to do? It starts before we wake up and it's right there until we fall asleep. So what is this that's happening to us? What is this about? Why do we feel such fear and anxiety in our lives all of the time? And what can we do about it? Today's interview is with Mama of Two, Katie Dean. She's a coach and an author of the newly released book, Becoming Brave. And in this conversation, we talk about anxiety, fear, mamahood, and how to find peace with all of it. This is the Happy Mama Movement with your host, Amy taylor Cabaz, author, mama to three, and editor of the Happy Mama magazine. In my mamahood journey, I have gone from an overachieving, addicted to busyness superwoman to finally slowing down, simplifying and realising that being a mama is the greatest self-development teacher in the world. And after more than 15 years covering breaking news, I've swapped current affairs to inspiration and now bring you the best I can find every week to help us feel more connected as women as we raise our families. Because when we come together, amazing things happen. So welcome to the movement. So many mamas I know that I have worked with over the years have discovered a new level of anxiety, a new level of fear once they've become mummers. So many of them actually have never even had an experience with anxiety before becoming a parent. And it's a really confronting emotion when you're in the middle of also trying to figure out how to be a mum, which is why I really wanted to speak to you today, because becoming friends with our fear, understanding what it's all about and how to work with it and not let it stop us is so important. So let's start with you telling all of us your experience of how you've (laughs) come to the place where you are now brave. You know how to face it. Yeah, I honestly, the scare, I will never forget this time. Um, 
when Archer, my eldest son, who's now four, when he was first born, that was the first time that I actually understood what anxiety was. And I had clearly been experiencing it in some way, shape or form most of my life, but I never actually realized that's what it was until as a new mum, we're forced to stop and sit and, you know, feed our babies through the night or we can't, you know, our old go-tos of um, working, you know, over it or going for a run or just darting out the house or whatever it is, whenever we start to feel this discomfort or this anxiety in life or just something that doesn't feel right, we had the ability to just, you know, um, fix it, if you know what I mean. Like, And we weren't actually fixing it, but we'd, you know, do all these things over it. But when you've got a new baby, you're forced to spend a lot of time often on your own. I know for me it was, you know, Archer wasn't an incredibly um, easy baby. I had no idea what I was doing, and I constantly felt like I was failing. Like, I, it was just awful. And I remember... Even through the birth, like I had, was constantly trying to clear my throat. I felt like my throat was closing up because our birth went completely pear shaped. Um, and it, I remember sitting there. It was it was day three, and I rang my mum, petrified, going, "This baby is planning my demise. Like he's just looking at me, and I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do." And the nurses came in and told me that I was experiencing anxiety, and I needed to toughen up. Oh. I got the most – and my husband was like, you need to get it together. Um, and I didn't understand. So my immediate experience was this is bad. You're not supposed to be feeling this way and push it down and just soldier on. So I tried to then block it and then I thought something was wrong with me. You know, if we're feeling this way, like why am I so scared? Like obviously I love my baby but I was so petrified of everything that it just made it really difficult and it wasn't until I was about four months Archer was about four months old and I was sitting there and I was just pet like everything it had snowballed into a ridiculous amount of fear that I really realized and went and spoke to my doctor and said what's going on like I don't know what this is and she explained to me that what I'm experiencing is anxiety and that it's okay and then from there I started this journey, which I'm still coming to terms with, but I understand that our fear isn't, you know, this bad thing that we need to push away. It's a signal and it's a message. And we're either, um, when we can work out what it's actually saying to us and what that actually means to us as mums, because often it's that we love our babies so much that we're just wanting to do everything right by them and or we're doubting ourselves as mothers, then we can nurture that side of ourselves. When we realize what the message is that's coming through and instead of just trying to make it go away, then we take our power back. Mm. And then that's really cool. That is really cool. So much that you're saying there resonates with so many mamas that are listening. I know that for sure because they've oh, all gosh. spoken to me about it as well. I think... Let's first of all look at everybody else's reaction around you when you were starting to show people, both people you loved yeah. and the professionals in your life, that you weren't coping as well as you wanted to, that this was something that was getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Oh, that's such a a big part of why we don't want to face this in our own world because 
everybody around us, we're all taught that we do need to toughen up, that we do just need to suck it up and go on. And you really clearly in your book talk about, you know, up until then you'd either traveled it away, drank it away, ran away, worked it away. And so many of us do this that we just keep ourselves so busy that we never actually stop and hear what the thoughts are and what the fears are underneath. So what was that like of being in such a place where it was so overwhelming but feeling like you couldn't admit this it was shit (laughs) perfect so awful it was the most isolating thing and then it was just on levels not only did I feel like I was failing as um like as a mum like I didn't believe that anyone else was possibly going through this I felt like I was failing as a human like this is supposed to be the most joyful time of my life and I always knew that I loved my baby but I wasn't loving the experience of being a new mum like Mm. it was really hard and it was really scary and I'll tell you this funny story when we came home from hospital I my, my husband's my then husband um was he had all his family travel in because they live a long way away but we brought this baby home. I had an emergency seizure. The house was filled with people and I was not dealing. And I, they wanted to go out for dinner as a big celebration um, of us coming home. And he couldn't understand. And I thought there was something wrong with me that, you know, I've just had major abdominal surgery. I've got 14 people who want to go out for dinner and they want me to take the baby and I haven't even, you know, I remember getting out of the shower and freaking out and I was in my room and um, my husband's going, what are you doing? You're ruining this for me. And I'm like, I'm doing the best I can. I'm, you know, rah, rah, rah. And then I realized that the baby monitor's on and I'm having this full conversation how I'm not coping with all these people and it's just a bit much. And while I loved his family, it was just like, oh, my God, I'm not coping. This is all a lot for me. And then I come out and they've all been listening oh. <laughs> to the whole conversation on the baby monitor. So then I felt even worse that, you know, and no one mentioned anything. Like it was just like that whole conversation didn't happen and I just I had to suck it up and keep going. And that wasn't anyone else's fault. That was just I. it wasn't something that was spoken about in that instance. You know what I mean? So mm. I was even like it just was on levels. Now, my mum was amazing. I would ring her daily with whatever emotional meltdown I was having um, at that time. And she was awesome. Um, I don't think she really knew what to do with me a lot of the time, but she listened. Mm. But it wasn't something that I felt like I could talk about um, anywhere, really. My doctor was phenomenal. She explained to me that because up until I was 38 weeks pregnant, I was working 65 hours a week. Um, so, and I, I had a, a big job and looking after like 85 staff. So wow. my brain was used to going at a million miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, just because I decide, well, I didn't decide, well, I have this beautiful baby and I changed my workload. My brain doesn't have the capacity to all of a sudden, you know, shut all the tabs. Exactly. No, that's exactly it. We are so used to running at a certain pace and that is success for us. That feels like productivity. That feels like Mm -hmm. I know who I am because I'm busy and I'm achieving this. So many mamas I work with around mindfulness and meditation share Mm -hmm. with me that they're afraid of getting quiet. They're afraid that if they sit down and do that meditation or 
just stop for a moment. It doesn't even have to be sitting there actually doing a practice of meditation, but even just sitting quietly in the park without their phone or whatever, that anxiety rises up because they're afraid to get quiet. They're afraid to sit still. You talk about this. Can you talk to me about what you understand that to be? Like, why do we feel that anxiety around being quiet? And what have you done about that to learn how to overcome that? Well, I mean, that is, I can totally relate to that. And yeah, you know, because it's in the book and I was, that was the scariest thing at all because everything that we've pushed down and avoided and, um, you know, numbed out or pretended wasn't there, it, it, it's got to come to the surface at some point if we want to move through it, if we want to heal it, if we don't want to keep having the same things with like and the same thoughts and everything because it's a mixtape, you know, these these thoughts that keep going round and round and round in the head, like in our head. We have 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day and most of them are very similar. You know, it's that repeated cycle. But if you aren't acknowledging them, and allowing yourself the space and time to work through them, then it's not going to change. So I know I used to be petrified of being still because of what would come up. And so what would come up for me was everything that I'd been avoiding my whole entire life, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, All those limiting beliefs, all of the shame and the guilt and the whatever of my, you know, not so sensible youth. Um, but that's that we're human and that's part of us growing. We're not supposed to have all the answers, but there's nothing more confronting than having a baby that you want to raise to be a, a beautiful, kind, caring person and being faced with all the shit that you did that mm-hmm. wrong or that you could have done better. That will all come up when you have a baby because it's, well, we're, we're women and we're sensitive and we, you know, we we often don't give ourselves the time to heal early on. So for me, I had to sit with it. And I that's the scariest thing because what does this even mean? Because I know for me, often when I was having my really anxious spirals, the last thing I wanted to do was sit. So by all means, I don't necessarily mean like for me, cross-legged meditation never really worked because I get more frustrated um, with the the whole process, but walking would really help me. So Mm. I would have like this moving meditation type thing. And it started with, um, you know, like I'd listen to beautiful um, chakra cleansing meditations and just plain music or guided meditations. And I'd listen to those on my walk so that I would slowly train my mind to focus on something else other than what, I was thinking because we're not our minds. We're the ones who hear them. We're the ones who hear our thoughts. And that in itself, when you start to understand that you aren't your thoughts, that's really powerful. And then you can start to select what thoughts you choose to take on as your truth. And then what thoughts you go, "Mm, not really buying what you're selling today. I'm just going to let that go. And that takes practice, you know, but the moving through it and allow acknowledging that that's what was going on, acknowledging that all being quiet and being still makes me really uncomfortable. Is that what I want to do for the rest of my life? Yeah, nah. So then, okay, how, what is the best way for me to work through that? And there's baby steps. Mm -hmm. And some days I still can't go for a walk in silence or 
I need a bit of noise. Like I don't want to be with my thoughts. And then that's okay too. But generally, after a few like power ballads or some pink or some whatever I need to hear, I might be ready. Like my mind's switched gears enough, like I've changed the channel and then I'm ready for some quiet and to move through and acknowledge whatever it is that's coming up for me. But until we, we give ourselves a space to, you know, process whatever limiting belief or bullshit story that you're telling yourself about why you're not enough, why you're a failure, why you're, why you're not lovable, why you're um, not worthy, because they're usually some of, and there's plenty more, but when we really dial it back to the core belief, you know, of what it is that's coming up for us, then we're never going to be able to get through it. Like it's just going to keep the same pattern, like lather, rinse, repeat. So, and then we get to, yeah, it's just a process. Mm. I also like to remind mummers, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, that nothing is coming up that you're not ready to face, that you're only given what you can cope with at this moment. And sometimes that's really hard to believe because sometimes we are thrown some really big things in life mm-hmm. from within ourselves or from outside. But if we can believe at our core that whatever we're facing and dealing with right now, we are ready to face and deal with and kind of bring this trust to it. Because I do think there is this fear that if you go into that rabbit hole of I wonder where this thought comes from, oh my goodness, you might not be able to cope with what comes up. But of course you can. Of course you can. That's the belief that you need to have in yourself, don't you think? Absolutely. And I saw this quote the other day, you are a match for your mountain. Mm. And I was like, yeah, because we are. Whatever is coming up for us and whatever we're faced with is part of our evolution. It's part of our um, growth. It's not there for our destruction. Mm. Nothing is. Beautiful. That's not how it works. And I was actually listening to your podcast podcast the other day on this topic and I went on a massive rant across all of my social medias because it, when we do trust ourselves and trust that everything is working out for us, like you mentioned, my goodness, it it won't feel like it in the time, but if that's what trust gives you is the belief and the, the faith that everything is working out as it should be and you are going to learn what you need to learn when you need to learn it. And part of that is forgiving yourself for not knowing what you didn't know when you didn't know it. Mm, Exactly. When you knew better, you did better. Absolutely. And that's how we learn. No one has this – you don't know how to live in alignment with who you want to be until you're pulled off it. You, we can't, we can't possibly know how to live our truth and live in a way that feels right until we realize that we're not. Exactly. I call it the contrast. We need the contrast. (laughs) Oh, I love that noise. Uh, We need the contrast in our life to show us what we do want. And that's a really, uh, we could do a whole podcast on that. That would be amazing. I love that. That's one of my favorites. Yes, me too. Now, (laughs) 
What about mummers who are absolutely drowning in the busyness of their life? So they've got mm-hmm. a couple of kids, they're trying to work, they're trying to get the home organised, they're not even speaking to their partner right now, they feel like they're totally alone and they don't even have time to shave their legs. And then they hear people like you and I say, you just need to go for a walk and make friends with your <laughs> thoughts and sit down and journal about it. And they think, yeah, right, in my spare time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I totally get that. I, I really many think, days. yeah, I really think this is an important part to talk about because I I am very conscious that I never want this to mm. sound like the luxury of time that we yeah. need all this space and time. Of course, it would be great if we could all go on a retreat to an ashram and sit there and get to know our inner selves over seven days. Yeah, let's all yeah. aim for that one day. <laughs> but right now, we can start doing this work, can't we, Katie? We can start today. Becoming friends with our fear, looking at why these messages are showing up. You beautifully say in your book, fear shows up as a chance for us to be brave. That this is a calling for you to actually be brave. That's why it's there. So what if it's just so noisy and so busy and you don't even have time to breathe properly? It feels like we always do, but we feel like we don't have time to breathe properly. Where do we start? What would you say to a mama who's feeling like that right now? Well, first of all, many, many days I've walked around with one leg shaved. (laughs) I 100% like do not think that because we talk about it this way, it's that I've got it all together. Like Mm. I don't. I have definitely discovered ways that help my life flow easier. But I woke up this morning with all the best intentions of being, you know, everything was going to flow beautifully. Today is going to be different. And then I still end up going like, oh, my God, Archer, come on, it's not time to use the drill. Like we've got to get to preschool. (laughs) So it's not about that you live a flawless, you know, Zen mama life all the time. It's that you realize when you're not living your best life perhaps and you can – then pull yourself back quicker. That's the goal in the long run. It's not that everything is all peace, love and mung beans. Mm -hmm. It's that you you can pull yourself back to that centre and your home frequency, whatever that is, quicker. And that's the goal. And I've been working on this for eight years. So this is not something that um, I've just sort of gone, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to just think cool thoughts and I'm just not going to be afraid anymore. That's it. Mm. That's the first decision. Mm. But then you have to make that decision over and over and over again every single day. Mm. And for, you know, when you are dripping in babies, which most of us are who are listening to this, it's going to start really small. It's going to start with five minutes of gifting yourself the space to breathe and permission to do so. And that might mean like I've started to try and enforce that when mummy's got a cup of tea, that's like nothing else is getting done. And that means that I'm sitting down with the kids, but I give myself permission to not worry about everything else. And as now with my first child, I still was desperately trying to have this high bar of how the house had to look and how everything had to look before I left the house and by (laughs) the bar slowly dropped I've lowered it with each child because what's more important and it's working out your priorities and what your definition of success is and what a successful day will look like to you 
as a mum in the space that you're in now and what's more important. If success to you means having the kitchen spotless and all of that and that's your jam, then you go do and that makes you feel better. Or if success might mean for you that you're not even going to touch the, the kitchen and all and the laundry and everything till you've got back some drop-off and that sort of thing, that might gift you enough breathing room within your morning and, you know, some humour as you walk past all the crap that's accumulated because you've got to laugh because mm. it's madness. It is madness. But <laughs> it is madness. How do we make so much, how does so much stuff? And, oh, that's a whole other podcast again. We've got it everywhere. <laughs> but, you know, it's being okay. You've just got to lower the standards a bit, I think, and then give yourself some breathing room and permission for everything to be a little messy if that's going to afford you, uh, you know, the headspace and the mind chatter and everything of having a more cruisy, calm, casual morning with your kids. Like my, I'm not showering twice a day because I used to find that, that I thought I had to shower every day, twice a day. I know this, I'm not dirty by any means, but trying to fit in that morning shower when we're talking about being that busy was hectic. And I'd find that I'd be more stressed and everyone was more stressed out. So now I shower over nighttime. I know I'm not filthy in the morning, but this is like that space. I'm giving myself more space within my day to not feel so rushed, to not feel so pressured. And how did I get to that space to realize that that was what was not making me feel good is I've started to become aware of the things that, you know, were making me not feel so good. So I stopped giving shits about things that I don't give shits about, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I really don't care if I've got everything put away and washed away before I walk out the house. I know I'm going to come back and do that and have it all set away before lunch, before I work because I work from home. So, you know, I just had to reevaluate. And that's what we need to do, I think. When you're starting from scratch, examine where you're giving your shit to mm. and mm. if it's important to you. And if it's not, then don't let it be. And then that's some time where you can reward yourself and gift yourself with what's going to make me feel better in this moment. What do I really want to do? And if it's not cleaning the house and it is getting out and going for a walk, then go and do it. The mess is still going to be there and they're just going to make the mess again. That's you know, it. it's not, it's a cycle. And um, if it is, I know when the babies are really little, just getting outside, just in their backyard, just with the wind on my face. Some days that's all I could afford myself, but it's just that conscious decision to gift yourself what it is that you need because if, I know I'm swearing a lot, but if self-care slips, it all goes to shit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, yes, but there's one little thing I would add in there and I know you would totally agree that there is a, there is an uncomfortable space in between the acknowledgement that what you're doing isn't working and the place where you're okay with not doing all of it. There's a space in the middle. So you realize that that pressure you put yourself under to have the house perfect is making you really unhappy and stressed. And Mm -hmm. so the solution to that is to not care about the house so much, but to be aware (laughs) that in between those two decisions, there is a space 
that will feel really uncomfortable, where you will need mm. to face this inner thought that says you're a failure, why can't I do this? You know, you're, you will struggle in that middle space for a little time. It depends mm-hmm. on, you know, where you are, but you will be able to get through to a space where you think, I don't care about the floor right now, I need to sit outside. But it does, yeah. it's a journey, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, mm. and you. It will take a bit of practice, just like that, because you'll realize after you've done it a few times, you'll you'll realize that you'll come back in. You'll feel better about cleaning up. Exactly. You know, you'll you still get it done. You'll still get it done, but you'll be in a much better headspace and way less resentful yes. or fearful or frantic. You might crank some tunes, and that is often what I will go to. How can I make this more fun? Mm. Is what you know, it's something that I think about often. Not always because it's not all fun. Like it's part of it can be, but sometimes, you know, we've just got to get in the muck and get it done and there's gastro bugs and all that sort of stuff. I'm not saying that those times are, you know, you're going to be going, oh, this is wonderful. If you're cleaning out diarrhea and projectile vomit, you're not supposed to love those moments. No. They are meant to be hard. Yeah. But... You know, and we're all going through that. I think that's really important to remember that you can love your children so, so much, but not be in love with every step of your motherhood journey. That doesn't make you a bad mom. That makes you human. Exactly. Beautiful. So to finish, Katie, what does being a happy mama mean to you? It changes daily. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) It changes every single day. Some days it's more... Like I've thrown balance out the window. It doesn't exist. It doesn't like for me. All that it shifts constantly. What I need, just what I need in myself to feel balanced and be happy. Some days it's more work because I want to accomplish, you know, what I want to accomplish that day. And then when I'm fulfilled in my work, then I'm a way better mom, mm. you know. And then some days I don't want to look at my work. And then it's all about the boys. Like on Saturday, we I packed us up early, packed the pram, and we just went out with no exact in- intentions and ended up at the beach and ended up at a cafe. And with two two kids on your own, that's, you know, recipe for disaster. But it worked because I was there and I was present. And I took Facebook and Instagram and things off my phone for the weekend. And that felt really good. And that was the first time I've done that in ages. So I was just experimenting. And so it just, I think we've got to constantly allow ourselves to evolve, constantly check in with what's going to make us feel good that day in that moment and what it is that we need to be our best selves. Then we can be our best mums, our best, their best mums. You know what I mean. Yes. Um, And it's a constant give and take. I think, yeah, there's no definite answer, but it changes. I love that. Well, the answer is that you have to keep checking in with yourself to see what it does mean today, doesn't it? Yeah. Amazing, Katie. This book has just got so many really great practical ways to have a look at how your fear is showing up, how anxiety is showing up, why and what to do about that. So amazing. I really appreciate you writing this for all of us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on and sharing it all with your community. I'm excited. I've got your book. I give it to all the new mums. Oh, yay. We'll do do a book swap. We'll share it with everybody we know. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Amy. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to the Happy Mama Movement. I truly believe that great things happen when we come together to support and uplift each other. So to help spread the word and build the movement, I'd love it if you could pop over and leave a review. And if you have a mama friend who'd also love this insight, please share with her. Until next time, beautiful mama. Satnam. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.